The book I read for my book project was Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. This book is about the now comedian growing up in South Africa during the time of apartheid and the challenges he had to overcome. It starts during childhood and tells the stories of trouble which colored people like him would come to tell. From there, the book takes off in a whirlwind of comedy, sorrow, and love. It tells of his mother and who she chose to be. Noah's relationship with her is a rare love, and the book tells of many examples of this bond that they had play out on a larger scale. The story then moves on to school, and has many chapters dedicated to his awkward early love life. Awkward was his word, not mine. But in the end, the book always circles back to the one problem he could seemingly never shake, apartheid. When we think of apartheid here in America, we usually think of it as an old thing, something that is really just gone. We think that it left right there when Nelson Mandela was elected president, that the laws changed and that the people oppressed were free. But if you visit South Africa, you might just change your mind. Apartheid began in 1948. This was the year that the White Nationalist Party came to power. In South Africa, racial boundaries had already existed, but the thing about that stuck about it was not that it only set the white people away from the rest, but it created strong rifts between all colors, just as there was a caste system in India or a social hierarchy in the U.S. Apartheid made sure that even as the laws disappeared, the hate would not. The hierarchy goes like this. Whites were at the top. As it is built in many societies, white men were the most powerful. Next came Asians and colored people. Colored people were rejected from white society for being black, and black society for being white. The Asians were mostly Indians. At the bottom were black people. Black people were treated like dirt and sanctioned into small towns. In his book, Noah talks a lot about how apartheid was a perfect racism. We can see from his detailed depictions all the different ways you could shame another person. One thing he shows truly and sadly was the organized, almost systematic ways the government drove the wedge of hatred into this country. As I mentioned previously, hatred ran high during apartheid. Colored people were hated by black people for disowning their black culture by being white. And white people hated the blackness in colored people. White people hated black people for their appearance and lifestyle. And black people hated white people for the oppression whites had delivered to them. There were many ways to fuel this hatred. For example, the different classes had their own individual villages, each lower class having a worse one. The village crafted a rift between the different groups. They made sure that outsiders were unusual and shamed upon by the village they visited. A colored person in a majority black neighborhood in the U.S. would hardly go noticed. But in a black neighborhood during apartheid, he would be a glitch and be treated as such. Language was also another boundary, as people were taught that if somebody spoke a different language, you should hate them. This mainly had to do with the tribal separation of apartheid. That would require another hour of podcast to explain, so here's an overview. There were many different tribes, all with distinct styles and ways of speaking. All the tribes were constantly hating one another. In this book, Noah describes a situation where a man attempts to murder, or kidnap, or harm in some other way, his mother on a bus. 
all because she had a, she was in a different tribe and had a colored child. As it did with everything else, apartheid minimized the bond over these interesting lifestyles and maximized the ways they were different from one another. The criminal justice system also made it very hard for colored people, and even harder to have a fair life. You had, you had to have documentation based on which color you were, and the only way to have your children move from black to colored or colored to white was to marry a white man. One of the other worst uh, disadvantages during apartheid were sexual relations laws. They were brutal, according to the comedian Trevor Noah who wrote the book. Quote, during apartheid, one of the worst crimes you could commit was having sexual relations with a person of another race, unquote. The whole point of apartheid was to have a, for the white man to show that the races in the world are hierarchical and therefore incompatible. And to have relations with other races was not, was not just a matter of belief, but a matter of evidence that they were wrong and therefore was criminal. Also, these sexual relations laws made it terrible for mixed children because they weren't allowed anywhere with their white parent as it would show that the two races had mixed. All of these rules and laws gave the people of South Africa a whole lot of hatred. Yet, under all that hatred and all those lies, it made a teeny weeny glimmer of hope for togetherness. And when apartheid was abolished, the only thing left was to brighten the light that was hope. <laughs> If you search bringing back racial unity in a, in, after apartheid South Africa, you're going to get two distinct kind of results. There are things like South Africans are still committed to national unity despite growing dissatisfaction. That was from theconversation.com. Those show the growing determination for happiness in the country. And then there are things like South Africa still a chronically ra racially divided nation, fine survey. That was from theguardian.com. As you can see, there are two sides of the coin that is South African change. One of the ways that South Africa chose to bring back unity was through the newly created Truth and Reconciliation Commission. What the commission did is it broadcasted live over 2,000 stories by, quote, people, perpetrators, and victims, according to an article by PRI.org. Quote, over 7,000 people asked for amnesty. Fewer than 1,000 got it, unquote. Apparently, it had worked. So things had changed, right? Yes, but no. You see, people were still divided. As said by the Washington Post, quote, They trusted the commission, they say, but the commission did not, perhaps could not, provide each individual with a way to heal, to reconcile, to move forward from the terrible past, unquote. Some felt that commission had left them behind and failed to heal them. Others felt that their wounds were too deep to even really cleanse. And then there was an overwhelming blockade that apartheid had left between the different colors because, in reality, it, it was designed to leave that boundary. In a survey by the commission, it was found that 43% of South, Af South Africans never or almost never have interracial conversations. It's very hard to come back from something that challenging, and it shows in statistics and interviews and such. Apartheid seemed like a high trump from an ancient myth. They cut off the head that put laws down, but received two more heads of separation and misunderstanding. Just as a myth, all you have to do is pick up a torch and burn the stumps. And if there is any country capable enough to beat apartheid, it's South Africa. Apartheid's tool would also be its downfall. Diversity. You could see it wherever you went. People embracing it, taking advantages of the way different cultures can mesh. 
The commission might have failed in some ways, but it prevailed successful. Anyone who has picked up a few history books knows of Nelson Mandela, and it's no coincidence. If you do happen to not know who he is, Nelson Mandela was an activist, implementing nonviolence techniques to combat apartheid. He spent 27 years in prison for what the government called political offenses, and eventually persisted enough to become president. He abolished apartheid and turned the country around. So how did South Africa come back from apartheid? How did they burn the stumps? Well, the answer is both sad and kind of hopeful. They really hadn't fully come back. Division existed and is alive and well. But just because division exists does not mean that division reigns. Every day, South Africans heal boundaries, and every day, more and more hope returns. Yes, it may be separated, and yes, it may heal slowly. But one thing is for sure. The fight for South Africa against apartheid, against division, is long from given up. Thank you for listening to my book project. I hope it was useful, and I hope you found what you were looking for.